our, our, our solution really has been, um, you know, building a community uh, that is uh, channel agnostic. And that's where it comes down to where it's not so much uh, any one particular marketing medium, but being famous uh, in the right relevant channels for that specific brand. Um, and uh, doing it through more organic means versus advertising that usually helps uh, as well. So um, because of that, we're amped up on video uh, and I think video marketing is gonna continue to go through the roof, whether you get it through advertising or through organic means, but you need to build your own assets to create that audience on top of funnel awareness. Uh, at the same time, uh, I do believe that there is, um, uh, to your point, getting, uh, Yo, what is up? This is Christian D. Evans, host of Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. And I just want to share with you real quick, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to us, but also our community. And you know, if you like this, please share this with your friend, your family, a colleague, someone that you don't even like. Definitely share that with them. And then also leave a comment and a review for us. We really do appreciate that. And show our guests some love if you find that this episode really resonates with you. Secondly, also want to share with you some really awesome news. I've had the Fortune Opportunity Network and have incredible guest, eight and nine figure entrepreneurs, CEOs and founders on our podcast. And what we've done is we've actually been able to open up a be uncommon if you can mastermind where we're able to open up the door for so many of you, right? Those that are six figure, seven figure entrepreneurs that are scaling, that are struggling, that really want to level up their game, their business, their life, whatever it is, I'm able to open up that door for you with this Be Uncommon If You Can Mastermind. Now, we're only taking a select few of individuals. So what you'll need to do is go to christiandevans.com forward slash mastermind dash now. And the link is actually in the description as well. Guys, that is christiandevans.com forward slash mastermind dash now. We're only opening this up for a select few of individuals that really want to level up their game. You have a conversation with me. See if you qualify. And guys, enjoy the episode. And remember be uncommon if you can. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. Evans. And guys, we have a digital marketer, expert, engineer, amazing individual that has been in the industry for many, many years. And he's been through the ups, the downs, the crazies, the all over. And yet he's been able to pivot, adapt, and just keep pushing forward. And we're very excited about it. He's been 18 years of experience leading large, medium, and startups toward high growth in all things, including planning, strategy, analytics, and marketing. Now, this man has been recognized a need for brands to be better prepared to reach, engage, and build a stronger customer base, leveraging the power of the internet. He is also the owner and the co-founder of WebWorks Labs Incorporated, a focus on helping brands with a cause in the digital marketing to help scale and reach new heights. Over the span of five years, he has led WebWorks Labs from startup, helping local small businesses to become a global provider of digital marketing solutions with a team of 16 passionate creative digital experts that continue to serve a customer base in over 30 countries. My friend, Usman Sheikh. How are you doing today, my man? Good. How are you doing, Christian? We're glad to be here. That's a great intro, by the way. <laughs> a little bit well, hey, more than I used to hear. Well, hey, I'm really excited about diving into this because, again, what I found so interesting about the, about the marketing industry is how people have been able to pivot constantly, right? However, there are certain principles that never, never go away. And, you know, obviously, you've been in the industry for, for many, many years, and you've seen the ups, the downs, the direct response, the this, the brands, the marketing, and stuff like that. And what I'd love to get your response on really right off the bat is really just seeing, okay, what are you seeing in the industry right now that I don't think a lot of people are taking advantage of, whether that's email marketing, whether 
whether it's PPC, whether it's a new strategy, or whether it's an overall kind of um, just a way to look at marketing? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, I mean, uh, digital marketing, and we, we're in the business of digital marketing. So obviously, uh, everything on the internet is considered digital. Uh, any area where you're allowed to kind of communicate and connect and sell with uh, everything online, uh, whether it's digital, whether it's traditional marketing, whether it's TV, radio, whether it's uh, podcast, what have you, uh, ultimately, it's still marketing. The fundamentals still have to be in place. Uh, at WebWorks Labs, we're tactic agnostic. We do everything from video, email, you know, retargeting, uh, advertising, socials, uh, SEM. Um, but it really comes down to what the objectives is and what the brand and the business model is. And based on that, you choose a tactic or a medium or a format uh, that'll give you the best yields. And that's what it comes down to. Um, so uh, fundamentals never go away, whether it's writing great copy, whether it's creating content that'll resonate, you can have that published and printed in, uh, or you can have it uh, pub, uh, distributed online uh, via email marketing or through ad, ad campaigns. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, marketing is still marketing. Well, what I always find very interesting when I've been doing a lot of consulting for companies and uh, in, in, in the marketing side of things, they always have like different acquisition channels, right? So they may have like really focused on maybe social media or maybe they may be focused more on like paid ads or whatever, right? Or maybe they're really uh, optimal in the SEO world, right? They're just getting organic stuff. And so I always find like they, they're really optimal in like one or two acquisition channels, but then there's always these other like low hanging fruit uh, that I think could like you know, it's like I always think about high leverage activities, right? Something that you could implement very quickly, very little input that creates a big output. And so I'd love to get your response. Like, what do you see that a lot of people in their businesses just under, under leverage and they need to really focus a lot of their time on, like the next level, the next step to really squeeze that limit further? Mm, that's a good question. So, I mean, uh, obviously everyone knows, uh, you know, SEO um, in, in us being in the front lines, delivering SEO for our clients, SEO uh, seven years ago, 10 years ago, uh, is not was is not as effective as it was ten years ago. It was a lot easier to start seeing returns. Don't get me wrong; we do a lot of SEO for our, our client partners around the world, and it is still a very effective tactic. But it just means a little bit longer return because it has become uh, more popular. Same thing with email. Same thing with anything uh, that comes about and gets more saturated because it is often it is that novelty and returns are quicker. Uh, right now, I still do believe video is under underutilized. Uh, it is the one uh, area within marketing. Uh, where there's just a conscious uh, and unconscious hunger for anybody in any industry. TikTok uh, and YouTube and um, you know other uh, uh, social media platforms uh, are really pushing out video uh, and the ability to get reach and really connect and resonate and show behind the scenes and the personality behind the brand is so much more powerful and effective uh, with uh, video than it could be just without it. Uh, you know, so I do think a lot of brands are still underutilizing video more uh, as much, and they are as much as they should be. So when you say video, um, you know, kind of walk me through that. Is that more of like training, education, or is that more of like, hey, just kind of the the atmosphere? Because like for me, for example, I know TikTok, it's a whole different audience. And I've seen like a lot of that that content and it's more of just like crazy random stuff, right? And it's not really like brand or like uh, specific to like training and say, hey, here's a call to action. YouTube is more training education and so forth, which is of course really good for lead generation. But I uh, just like to get your response on like what, obviously strategy is dependent upon each each um, you know channel, uh, but love to get kind of your overall kind of what that looks like. 
Yeah, it's a great question as well. So, uh, you know, definitely to your point, YouTube has kind of become the how-to of the world. Uh, it's definitely more long-form video content and is more educational in nature. It's more in-depth uh, versus other platforms and other channels. Um, and, you know, because of that, uh, if you're a B2B business or a business that is really providing a service-oriented uh, solution or any format whatsoever, whether it's after-sales service or that's your core competency, you're really uh, looking uh, to create a education and trust and top of uh, funnel awareness uh, with that uh, channel. Uh, however, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, there is a right format to showcase video, um, you know, in two minutes or three minutes and under uh, to just create a bite-sized uh, and still get in front of the right audiences. Uh, TikTok, as much as it is a direct-to-consumer brand, there are a lot of successful B2B brands that are leveraging, especially some, some of our customers in the legal industry, some of our customer clients in the real estate industry, there is a lot uh, that can, they can offer to build trust, get awareness, because the reach is so powerful. Uh, TikTok and LinkedIn and YouTube, not as much YouTube, YouTube does take a little bit of time now uh, to get there. You need eight months, but the instant ability to get 400 or 1,000 or 3,000 views for your brand without any advertising and putting up a, uh, short form content on LinkedIn or uh, TikTok is just phenomenal. Uh, so it's definitely underutilized if you know what you're doing and how to channel and use that channel put your message up in the correct way. There is a personality, there is a culture uh, in each of these uh, platforms. If you know how to use that and you know optimize it and push it out, you can build an audience pretty quickly. And audience is what eventually converts to fans and paying customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's the audience is a community and the ecosystem that you've been able to develop that obviously you can upsell them long term and so forth because they know, like, and trust you, that whole concept and stuff. And so uh, let's kind of dial, dial back into this because, see, I always find this very interesting because I, I know that like five years ago, it was really starting to take off and now people are seeing it. And now there's a larger, you know, bandwagon. Everybody's joining it, right? That concept. Um, but like, let's talk about B2B specifically, because I do know that a lot of like personal brands, it's easy to be the face of the company. You're out there, blah, blah, blah. But B2B is a little tougher. Um, it's not impossible, but it's just a little different strategy. And so I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. What have you seen that has been effective that is still like, um, you know, kind of B2B content, if you will? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So uh, B2B wise, if you're looking to get into B2B, uh, you know, uh, are, you, are, you, are you referring specifically to LinkedIn, TikTok, or are you referring to overall uh, any channel? Well, let's let's kind of dive into each different uh, channel there, if you will. So just kind of like what, what, what content kind of resonates on LinkedIn for the B2B world as YouTube and TikTok as well. Yeah, all right, fair enough. So uh, LinkedIn, obviously, uh, LinkedIn is a different beast altogether. For B2B, you know, um, LinkedIn, uh, there are two uh, key uh, approaches that work really well. One is using, obviously, the brand page uh, and creating educational content using uh, videos or, um, or uh, updating insights uh, and milestones of employee behavior. And then using that uh, brand page and then having the team internally kind of piggyback and push that content out to the network. So you have to kind of create uh, a process or an engine where the team interacts with the company pages to really use the power of the network that's linked in LinkedIn. Uh, additionally, if there are some really good, uh, you know, um, individuals that are, you know, comfortable on social media uh, or getting in front of a camera or getting in front of the screen and they leverage their own audience to build, uh, um, you know, uh, content that they publish out directly, either working in-house or working through an agency like ours, and they push it on the right manner, uh, they can get a lot more reach uh, given it's a personal page. So obviously there's no incentive for LinkedIn to um, make sure there's any algorithm that's hampering the reach of the page. Uh, and therefore you can get more 
reach quickly, uh, given you're doing it from an individual page. So there is two a two prong approach. One is using leverage the company page, and then using the employees or associates of the organization to push it out. That's also effective in Twitter, and a lot of I see a lot of uh, folks at Twitter do that, uh, and, and LinkedIn as well. Uh, on the other hand, YouTube is really an algorithm piece. It allows uh, for educational uh, content to be published, but it really is an eight-month one-way. You have to uh, set your set your um, you know uh, processes for the long haul. Create create content from eight to twelve-minute video minimum, um, so it can you know use the algorithms to you know give people interruptions with the commercials and uh, other ads, which YouTube uses to monetize its own platform. Uh, so there is an ideal length for YouTube. Uh, if this less than eight minutes, uh, eight minutes, then you know you're not going to be able to get as much traction. Mind you, you still can get a ton of awareness and uh, top of mind uh, um, brand building exercises. But to really see uh, a lot of elaborate uh, views and uh, new subscriber builds, you have to get over eight minutes. So the content has to be long, long form. It has to be more in depth. It, in order to produce a high quality video and share thought leadership in the B2B space uh, for eight minutes, you're speaking in front of a camera and you know you have to do your research and polish the video altogether. Uh, so it's a different beast versus LinkedIn, which is two minutes and there's a different mechanism uh, to, to get the message out versus YouTube, which is uh, also a different uh, uh, mechanism. I do think YouTube is still a social media platform now as much as it is a video content sharing platform because of its uh, abilities uh, such as shorts, your ability to update uh, information, seek and engage with your community, which is what social media is about. Switching gears into TikTok. TikTok is a different beast. Uh, it, it really is a predominantly B2C play, but there are a lot more B2B players that are coming in, coming on board. It's still, uh, even at this today, its audiences are still younger skewed relative to other social platforms. Maybe Snapchat uh, is closer to it in terms of the demographics, but uh, it's moving and moving closer towards, um, you know, the, the baby boomers uh, and other, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, higher or older demographic um, uh, uh, you know, consumers at large. And that means there will be uh, B2B executives, B2B business leaders, and other business, um, uh, you know, decision makers that will be consuming content on TikTok. If you have engaging content, which is 30 seconds to two minutes long, it's ideal for TikTok. Uh, you, you'll be able to kind of create, create those impressions quickly. TikTok is also uh, switching its uh, platform to allow for up to 10 minute videos. They're pushing that hard. Uh, a lot of our clients uh, are asking us to create those 10 minute videos because TikTok is gonna give a lot of coverage and get that content out because it's a new feature. Uh, however, we haven't played with that yet, but I think that's something that's uh, we're gonna be exploring in the near term as well. See, what I find very interesting about each one of these strategies is each one is, is, is effective and it works, right? But it's just a matter of different, you know, different, understanding that channel and obviously developing a strategic approach for that channel and obviously for acquisition and the ultimate goal is to you know increase revenue and cash flow and so forth on the back end uh so my question is like let's say for example a business owner is dominating in the, the paid ads and the organic right and then they're looking at okay hey what we got these things dialed in and that means like they're bringing in maybe another a million two million from each channel right and they want to scale those should they scale and put more money back into those and just really focus on those? Or would it be better to say, hey, I want to add a third channel and, and, and leverage a little bit more? Now, the, assuming the email's already established, that's already working, and that's just adding value to the, the, uh, the acquisition channels that they already have. So what, uh, what, what, would, what would you suggest is the next level or next step? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, again, uh, like all, all good things in life, the answer is it depends. It depends on the resources, it depends on the aptitude and the ability for the company to take on uh, more more projects and has the bandwidth to actually deliver. What I wouldn't like is a, if they, they kind of go at it for like a month or try it out for a few videos and it didn't work and I, okay, we're gonna shelve it. You really have to get behind a concept and try a campaign out and see, see through it to see if that investment really yielded the results you're looking for. There is a strategic and research element to it. There is a planning element to it. Hey, this is how many viewers we're expecting. This is how much connections we're gonna get. This is how much revenue we're gonna be able to generate. We can create those goals. We can create uh, those mechanisms uh, to then go ahead and start executing. Once we execute, you really have to see the campaigns. So if you switch halfway through and because you're, you're, you know, you're not seeing the immediate results, uh, and completely can it that I think uh, will be a sunk cost that you'll be regretting. You like you may come to judgment and conclusions that hey, this isn't an effective medium for our brand. And I think that's happened to us. And when some of our clients come back and switch from other agents to, to ours, we we ask them these questions, and it turns out that hey, sometimes there just wasn't enough planning or effective communication to really validate hey, this is the right channel for us. So it really comes down to um, you know what your goals are, uh, where you are in a brand uh, journey uh, itself, uh, how effective, how much how many resources you're willing to expend, and without breaking the other established mechanisms you have, and you know taking revenue away from it and trying to cannibalize it in this new existing uh, new temp new tactic that you're looking to deploy. You really got to make sure you deploy in a way where it makes more sense for you. We help identify that if you have something established and you want to diversify and increase revenue and tap into a new area a new market, we make sure we test it out and we uh, um, uh, take off slightly slower and then build on it as, as we learn through those iterations. So you bring up a really good point that you were saying there for a second is like, you know, what I've noticed, uh, there's a lot of companies that require or request like digital marketing, you know, agencies to help with their marketing. And what happens is, you know, whether it, it may be a wrong digital marketer and we get a bad rep in, 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 in assisting and they weren't able to produce the results or whatever the results, the expectation was too high or something along that line. Of course, they split ties. And I've noticed a lot of companies, it's like if you ever ask them how many digital marketing agencies they've, they've been with, they're like, oh, seven to ten or something like that over the last two years. And it's sad to see how they just constantly move. But I think you hit on something that was so, so pivotal. In, in the concept, the mindset, when you're talking about marketing, it's like you have to have long enough data because a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in, a, in an effective way. And as a CEO or a high-level C-suite individual, sometimes you may not get that. All you see is metrics and numbers and you don't see long-term. It's like, okay, well, we are moving in the right direction. Yes, the you know, LP is not optimized. Yes, the VSL, whatever it may be, is not optimized to, to what your extent is but you're always testing. And so I like to just kind of talk a little bit about like, what have you noticed in regards to the marketing to make sure that you can effectively create a campaign, uh, get this up and running very quickly so that they're seeing those expectations and setting up the right expectations for that company. Yeah, so that's a good question as well. Uh, in terms of uh, brand building exercises or revenue generation or uh, lead generation or you know um, looking to uh, get them in, in an email opt-in, whatever the goal is, it all starts with a goal. What is your goal? Um, and um, you know, if the goal is uh, bold and or if it is um, achievable, and those are the two things that we look for. Hey, is it doable given the budget, and is it uh, doable given the timeline? And if, if it is doable, then we say, hey, this is, uh, given the investment, this is 
you know, the time frame we're looking for. This is the range we're looking, and we do give a range. And within that range, we, we usually try to make sure that, hey, we're communicating in every step of the way. The first two weeks as we're onboarding, there's a ton of communication. Hey, we ran this campaign. We're getting this many clicks and this many impressions. We were anticipating this as, as this being the average click-through rate in this specific industry. This is the uh, clicks. We're a little bit under that, a little bit over that. We're going to tweak this and get the acquisitions we're looking for. There is a roadmap and a runway that's involved, and communication helps eliminate all of that in the first six weeks. Six weeks at WebWorks Labs is what we call the trust building phase. Once we've got the trust building phase, the clients just leave us alone. At that point, it's just, hey, you know what? How's it going? Let's go for a round of golf or let's let's meet up at this restaurant because that trust is established. Uh, once the trust is established, then it's um, you know it's it's it's, it's we're humming and uh, buzzing. But that first six week where we're clear on our outlines and we're communicating, hey, we're building this. This is what we were expecting, and this is what we thought we were going to be getting. Once they see that we're working through them, we're as passionate about their ROI as they are for their own business or brand, uh, things fall in place. Uh, and so it really is define your goal, hey, given the goal and given the constraints we're working with, which is budget and time, what can we achieve? And given that we, we know the budget and time and the constraints and goals, uh, how do we communicate that most effectively to make sure that they see that we're achieving that and we're working towards that goal? That's all it is. Like traditional marketing, like brand building, like uh, running any business, it really is a practical exercise of using one tactic, one channel, and just you know drawing it out and then communicating it and executing it. Yeah, and it's a, it's very simple what you just said, but I think it's so so convoluted nowadays and i don't know why that is uh for some odd reason it's just that they sell on the front end but there's no fulfillment on the back end or very lack of uh, uh lack thereof uh and i like what you said there because it's like it makes sense to me just like on a logical standpoint it's like hey just find the expectation what do they want and then just deliver what what they want uh if it's lead generation if it's more revenue what i've noticed is it always comes down to revenue right it doesn't matter hey i got more phone calls booked okay cool it's more of hey i you know uh, you know, closing and cash flow and money and all that stuff, right? Everybody, <laughs> which I love. But um, also, I really appreciate that insight. So when you're looking at a marketing plan, okay, let's just say, for example, it's a little bit more direct response, okay, on the front end. They're looking for lead generation. They're looking for, okay, cold audience and trans, you know, transfer it into cash flow. Um, what are certain hurdles that most marketers face and that you are obviously very good at and, and you've been able to help, you know, produce remarkable results for your clients? What, what does that look like? Yeah, uh, so I think a lot of uh, folks that come to us, um, you know, uh, there's it, it's, it's two, two, two camps. One think, uh, you know, uh, some reason digital marketing is this holy grail, just because I spend money here, I'm gonna get instant cash, I don't have a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow and we'll be rich and we'll be retirement two weeks from now. You know, there is, there's some, and as digital marketers, I think we're at fault here because we've glorified a lot of this industry and the messaging, hey, it works, it can work, but there is a process to this madness. There is a, a mad, uh, you know, a method to this madness where, you know, that it does take time. Building brands, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, uh, getting emails, uh, subscribers, yeah, building a beautiful website that's custom design, or creating a video campaign for a YouTube channel, um, it, it takes time. Uh, and I think a lot of folks, uh, some reason, um, expect results right away. So, uh, you know, there is that education process. Hey, it's going to take time. This is what we're going to, but the, I think the one of the pain points that we learned earlier on in our journey at WebWorks Labs is that communication is so key. Hey, listen, 
first two weeks, we're going to do this. First three weeks, we're going to do this. Six weeks, you're going to achieve this. And then eight weeks, 10 weeks, this is where the goal. And just going back to that time play table. And I think once you do that, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's like, okay, all right, this is what I'm expecting. Uh, so that is one. Uh, the other, I think, is um, a lot of folks, for some reason, uh, everybody understands social media, right? Everybody knows uh, social media is uh, such a big, important part of everyone's life. Everyone's on TikTok, Insta, you, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and they, everybody, because they're on this platform, it automatically means revenue in the bank. And I'm like, no, there's a big disconnect. That's top of the funnel stuff or loyal customer after sales uh, service to keep your community humming alive. The consideration phase or lead generation that you're talking to is uh, really happening at a different stage. Only three to 5% of the market is really looking to convert at any given point in time. The 90 odd percent that you're gonna be uh, working with is top of the funnel stuff. How do you nurture them and bring them on? There is a process to that. In terms of lead generation and direct response, you know, we've always said, um, you know, even if you get somebody to call you, there it should be a mechanism in place to nurture that lead, you know, to answer the phone calls. We can do direct to call or we can get email signups. There has to be a process and uh, follow up in place. We can help automate some of that, but if you don't have a process in place to nurture that lead and close that sale, because there's still a ton of activities to do after that phone call to close that sale and make them uh, loyal customers, you're not gonna build to grow your revenue. So our job is to bring that traffic to your door. Your job is to help them walk through it. And I think that also is a bit of an education process that we've learned over the years. Mm -hmm, definitely. And see, because what, what I always find very interesting, and let's kind of dive into this a little bit, is like like you were saying, that, that, that nurturing process, right? So really about 39% are individuals that can convert relatively quickly. Now, you can, with that 39%, you can actually build an incredible multi-million dollar business with that. Right. But that's very, very straightforward. However, there's that percentage that, okay, hey, you know what? You got to nurture, you got to train, you got to educate. And the... The, um, the, the cycle may be a, a long way, right? That's eight, nine, 10 months. Now, a lot of that has to do with lead magnets and we understand that. And then obviously adding value and bringing, uh, building a community is the biggest thing. Now, I'm curious to see with this building of a community, what have you found is the most effective approach? Because I know migrations, everybody's got a Facebook group. Everybody's selling that Facebook group. Hey, be part of the Facebook group, right? All this shenanigans. And everybody's, you know, another part of a group of some sort. I do know the power of it, but how can you change and how can you be different in today's world and stand out and yet still have an awesome community? Is that just leveraging a lot of social media and pushing that out? Just like Gary Vee, everybody's still connected with him through all the, all of his different platforms, or is it having a really tight knit community and more of just saying, Hey, you know what? It's uh, kind of a closed knit, like Facebook group and stuff. Wow, okay, it's a really uh, tough question and a good question at that. Um, you know, again, um, not everyone can be Gary. That guy is a machine. I mean, it's an inspiration in a lot of ways. I mean, the amount of content that person, well, one individual or his team even produces on a regular basis, uh, you can't keep up with. Uh, and I don't think it's fair for everyone to say, hey, you know what, everyone should be Gary V in order uh, for them to have that community and get that brand that you're looking for. Uh, in fact, they don't have, everyone has their own strengths. So uh, the question becomes, what is your strength as a, as a brand, as, as a resource, as internal capabilities of the organization? If you have a lot of video uh, specialists uh, or you're really good in front of the camera, then creating the video content makes sense. If you have uh, folks on the ground that you like to meet in person, create a lot of events. What is your brand's natural strengths? Uh, based on that, build a community around it and leverage online as a medium 
to get the word out and draw people in. So if your people uh, in your organization uh, or your processes, or if it's the founder or it's a key business owner or it's a brand manager, sees that there's a lot of written content or a lot of brand assets that exist in the organization that are written in nature, then create a ton of value through writing and publish that and create that community and create that knowledge base and trust in that community to get that thing going. Versus there's video assets, versus if there is insights, versus if you're comfortable hosting events in public and joining um, you know, in-person uh, conferences and trade shows and what have you, where, whatever that is, even all of those activities require digital marketing. They require uh, a sense of promotion, pre-event, during event, post event, to create that buzz, that hype, to draw people in, to let people know, hey, this is what we're good at, and this is how we share our best in the world. Uh, and we help enable that. And there, that's how we help come into play. Whatever your uh, you know, strengths are, leverage them effectively to, um, to, to get ahead. Uh, Tools will change, uh, you know, um, you know, social media come and go. Facebook was really powerful at one point in time. Now it's all about groups and um, versus TikTok versus Insta versus uh, Snapchat. There's so many tools and then email, uh, email mechanisms and other ways to reach out. That is less important than what your internal capabilities and preferences are. Use that and uh, use that really well. That's what I believe. And I love what you said there because, I, again, it's like really dialing what is already working and then just going and putting more fuel in the fire. And what I find so interesting is like, you know, you also have to own assets, right? And I understand we don't own YouTube. We don't own Instagram. We don't own Facebook, right? And you start realizing, okay, I need to put them in somewhere. I need to, I need to get them to call to action, whether it's an email list. We all know, you know, with the Apple iOS update and stuff like that, you just, you don't have any really solid metrics anymore. And obviously things are changing consistently. And that's why building a, a you know, closed-knit community of something, I do know the value in it. I know a lot of people pay for subscriptions and all sorts of things uh, for that added thing. And so I appreciate that insight. Now, I would like to get a little technical because I did mention the iOS update. Um, what have you found in regards to like being able to pivot accordingly to find the right metrics? And then as well as on top of that, I know Facebook and YouTube will probably get here at some point where we just won't have enough data on, on these individuals. And I do know that we can't get as custom um, and, and target in those ad platforms. So we'd love to get your response on what you're seeing in the industry because it is it is changing drastically because of different privacy policy. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, obviously uh, Facebook, uh, we used to have uh, do a ton of lead generation for real estate and insurance brokerages um, on Facebook and our ad uh, cost per acquisitions really dropped over, the, over, 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 uh, over this change that happened with iOS updates. Uh, and, you know, our ability to target and place uh, and get having that good data uh, really did get hindered. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we still have to deliver for our clients. Uh, so, um, you know, um, and, you know, with data privacy and, um, and, and, and uh, the world be, being more aware of, of some of these uh, issues when it comes to regulation, uh, more platforms, to your point, will definitely get there. Um, our challenge is uh, how do we leverage what we're doing and given uh, some of these constraints coming up, uh, still make the brand more popular, still create a, a marketing uh, that will drive revenue, uh, whether from a top line perspective or bottom line efficiency. Um, and and our, our, our solution really has been, um, you know, building a community uh, that is uh, channel agnostic. And that's where it comes down to where it's not so much. Uh, any one particular marketing medium, but being famous uh, in the right relevant channels for that specific brand. 
um, and uh, doing it through more organic means versus advertising that usually helps uh, as well. So um, because of that, we're amped up on video uh, and I think video marketing is gonna continue to go through the roof, whether you get it through advertising or through organic means, but you need to build your own assets to create that audience on top of funnel awareness. Uh, at the same time, uh, I do believe that there is, um, uh, to your point, getting uh, folks on uh, off uh, these social platforms where you're having to retarget them and, and get in front of them through uh, mechanisms which are going to get hindered uh, as time prog uh, progresses to um, uh, your own own mediums and own websites and own own, own platforms, uh, you know, YouTube uh, um, and podcasts uh, on community building and building through um, other mechanisms are the way we've, we've transitioned that. So a lot of our realtor, um, uh, you know, um, organizations or insurance organizations or uh, uh, even publicly traded uh, 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 pharma, pharmaceutical companies that we help, uh, they were advertising very heavily um, on Facebook and on on uh, other other platforms, um, and they realized that this wasn't effective, and it was the reach wasn't there, and the cost for acquisition was uh, dipping, and the metrics were going in the wrong direction. What we did was we said, okay, let's leverage mechanisms uh, where they're neglected, and let's build on through search engine marketing, search engine optimization on all these platforms to create a uh, higher awareness uh, and use that to bring, uh, bring, bring in the same level of awareness. So we offset the advertising to with more organic means. And that's usually been the case and that's worked well for, for us. So a case in point is that we have a pharmaceutical brand uh, that's publicly traded and they had a huge library of uh, videos that they published on YouTube a couple of years ago, that's getting no traction. And we, what we just started doing instead of advertising, using that same fund to put it towards search engine optimization and their traffic and uh, organic business have gone through the roof. That is easily replaced uh, the cost per acquisition uh, from ads that we will get from the same, uh, just from a different source. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And I really appreciate that dialing that in because it's like, and just like you said, it's like, okay, hey, these things happen. You could sit there and complain about it, or you could figure out how to pivot around it. And obviously, you just learn how to pivot. Okay, hey, you know what? Ads aren't working. Pull that back. Wonderful. Let's go to the SEO. You have a ton of assets. We can deploy that very effectively and very quickly. And all of a sudden, we start rocking and rolling. And like you said, the cost to acquire a customer is so much uh, so much cheaper. Um, now, I, one of the strategies I think is, is undervalued, and I'd love to get your response on this as well, is – partnerships, affiliates, things like that, because I know the e-com space really, really leverages that a lot, influencers, stuff like that. And they do a lot of influencer marketing, right? Uh, just because the, you know, the margins are relatively small in the, in the uh, e-com space. And, you know, obviously you get better conversions. We all know we get it. Uh, but I like to, you know, really see the power of partnerships as well, because I know the B2B world, you know, so many of us, we're trying to run more of a cold audience or maybe SEO and like by leveraging, you know, or aligning our services with someone else in partnership. Uh, I'd like to get your response. What have you seen and have you facilitated some partnerships for, for some of your clients? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, to be honest with you, we haven't uh, leveraged uh, B2B uh, affiliate marketing and other mechanisms uh, where you're leveraging uh, folks with a higher audience uh, and uh, awareness in the market. We've done it more so in the B2C space. We do have some clients that sell, you know, things online. Uh, RC cars and um, uh, you know uh, merchandise and apparel, and it's done relatively well. Um, you know, uh, it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, uh, some channels have worked better than others, but I think um, it's definitely something to consider for us down the road from a B2B perspective. But I do know it is effective in generating revenue. It is effective in generating profitability in the B2C space. 
particularly uh, in brands, um, uh, you know, uh, that are, you know, uh, under a certain price point where it's uh, cheap and cheerful um, and you get the goods and under a couple of hundred bucks, uh, you can generate a lot of quick tractions with a right influencer that you're collaborating with uh, and get that link back. So you can, you, know, you can use to do some e quick e-commerce transactions. It does take a hit uh, uh, in, in margins, but you get your customer, you have to look at it and we have trained our, um, some of our clients to look at it from, you know, customer lifetime acquisition, the average frequency of purchase, the ability to see, um, you know, uh, how many times does a customer purchase over the lifetime, even if you get that initial sale at a loss, uh, the overall life Lifetime value of the customer uh, does pay itself off. And we've done some of those uh, numbers. And overall, we've been successful at doing it in the B2C side, definitely not on the B2B. B2B is a much, I think, a tougher area to, to kind of leverage uh, this, this mechanism. I, I haven't had experience with it, to be honest, but we've done it for B2C for sure. Okay, interesting, interesting. And, and I really appreciate that insight because I do know, like, again, like you said, the margins are really tight and you do have to make sure your funnel's dialed in and everything like that and all that shenanigans, definitely in the e-com space because it's just so so small margins. Uh, but also, um, I'm curious if you would just explain a little bit further why, why the B2B world would not be so prevalent in this. Uh, definitely because I've seen a lot of partners, um, you know, having different services, but very similar kind of, you know, clients, if you will. And it's like, hey, you know what? It's it's like, you know, working with a YouTube ads agency and the YouTube ads agency works with a, a you know, SEO agency. Well, guess what? We do different services, but then all of a sudden we align and and obviously we can, you know, that, that would be the next upsell for them. But now all I'm doing is white labeling, if, if you will. So what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, like I said, I think there is uh, a mechanism for sure uh, that can definitely work. I think, uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I just think we haven't tried it. Um, you know, uh, we do do, um, you know, um, partnerships with uh, folks in different industries. For example, uh, we have partnerships with Aviva that uh, helps us get, you know, a certain uh, number of brokerages that we get a chance to explicitly pitch to from a marketing perspective of whoever needs uh, marketing. Aviva comes to us and then we help them because we're going through Aviva partnerships to get discounts because they're going through uh, that channel. Uh, there's definitely channels and uh, ways that this could work. We just haven't had um, any, uh, uh, I guess, experience with doing this for our clients. And I'm not saying it's not doable. I just, I just don't think uh, I have enough experience to speak to it uh, knowledgeably. That's all. Okay, no worries. All right, definitely, definitely. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the honesty as well, because oh. that's why I was just curious on, on what that looks like, uh, because I just see a huge thing that's going on, because like, you know, I, and I like to get your response as well, like, because one of the things I'm really personally excited about a little bit because of the big, um, you know, transformation of everybody being online, I'm seeing VR being more like prevalent now than ever before. I thought that was more like five, seven years out there, uh, you know, and I feel like it's, it's right around the corner a lot sooner than we think. And the reason why is because personalization, even the privacy policy has, you know, kind of hurt a little bit. I'm starting to see that people are willing to, you know, share their data. They really are. And what I'm noticing is like VR is like the next level because now you can be very personable. And I don't know what level that looks like, whether that's emotion, whether that's, hey, you know, you know, Billy Bob, I know that you bought lingerie for your wife. Hey, would you like to buy more lingerie? Like, you know how, how all of a sudden it becomes very, very, um, you know, articulate okay. to that individual. So I like to kind of get your response. What do you see is happening in the industry? Because to me personally, I'm very excited about what's going on. And I think it's gonna be kind of cool. But I like to see like, and I know SMS is very, you know, like 90% open rate on that. Uh, but that's just very, very, I think, 
just another like email marketing, if you will. But I'd love to just kind of get your response, what you're seeing in the industry and, and how you're pivoting toward it. Yeah, so VR is definitely an uh, 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 interesting mechanism. We've had some, uh, we've dabbled in VR um, a little bit uh, in the past, and we've done some augmented reality and virtual reality. And it definitely is um, uh, an interesting uh, evolving space. Uh, the challenge with uh, VR is uh, even at this stage, uh, you know, it's still a little relatively early compared to some of the other more mature uh, tactics that are out there. Uh, the good thing is if you are able to deploy it correctly, uh, you know, you can definitely um, uh, create some new forms of engagement with your audiences that you that you'll help you stand out. You'll look like a more, uh, you know, a cooler company. The brand will create the right kind of affinities uh, and what have you. Um, so it definitely, um, you know, from a VR perspective, level of customization, the ability to get in front of the audience uh, and particularly younger demographic um, is, is definitely doable and uh, achievable. But the, the challenge is, uh, from my, our experience, it really does play a role in um, uh, getting in, um, given it's so new, it, 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 the exposure may not be uh, as vast as some of the more established channels. We've we did a, ca a campaign for Midas Safety. It's one of the biggest manufacturers in PPE in the world uh, with augmented reality and VR. And it really was there for an experiential uh, wow statement for the event marketing that they had, uh, for an event that they go to. Uh, we created the app from scratch. We, uh, we created this experience where they can put on uh, headsets and uh, get a chance to experience uh, something unique and different and check out a glove and try it on. Um, um, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of like uh, we, we took inspiration from, you know, um, I believe Gucci and Rolex, but did it for a B2B industry in creating something that's unique and immersive and from a virtual reality perspective. And it allowed for that experience to occur um, and create, create that memory. But again, like I said, it was relatively uh, new in the space. It was just a wow statement uh, to get ahead. From an advertising perspective, uh, I do believe there is uh, going to be, as we, as the technology becomes more stream, the ability to get personalization, the ability to get more uh, fine-tuned and target, I agree with you. I think it's definitely going to take a bigger play in, in getting that messaging right and precision-based targeting that you simply can't have uh, as, as, um, as um, in, in, in non-VR um, uh, environments. That's awesome, man. I love it. I appreciate the insight because I, I'm, me personally, I'm very excited about seeing what, what that looks like and just the, the very articulate like um, strategies that will be deployed and, uh, you know, just seeing, seeing the results of that, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and as well as the community that you can build with that, the VR, right? It's, it's not like a Zoom meeting or anything. It, it can be very, very personable. Um, so awesome. Hey, Yusman, I really appreciate the time that you've just been able to give, uh, the insights that you were able to give as well with the digital marketing space and what's going on, but also just really detailed uh, um, uh, approaches to look at the marketing strategy. Uh, so let me ask, where can our audience reach out to you, be part of your community, and how can they, uh, you know, consume your content, bud? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So uh, we're right now uh, humming and firing on all cylinders uh, across most of the prevalent uh, uh, social media channels. So you can definitely find us on LinkedIn, given our B2B organization. Uh, you're going to see us coming there. Um, I'll be very active there. Some of my team members are very active there. Uh, similar uh, strategy that I said earlier, our team definitely engages with our content and pushes it out. And if, if, if you don't find us on LinkedIn, definitely our website, we're there. But uh, we're even playing in TikTok right now. And even on YouTube, we're creating a lot of shorts. Uh, we've created a ton of content for a course of the year, I think. Uh, we started in December 
We've created a huge library. We're going to be pumping it out regularly on a regular basis to educate on uh, the digital marketing space, uh, specific, specifically in the B2B and uh, area uh, with service-based businesses, because that's what I find our niche is going to eventually become, uh, but it's still too early to say. But I think that's where we're heading. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, connecting either on our website or LinkedIn or even TikTok, but uh, we're, we're everywhere right now. So if, if you have a social media preference, uh, check us out, look us up, we'll be there. Awesome, guys. And those links will be in the description below. So make sure you just consume his content, what, what he's got going on and be part of that community because it's it's huge and it's changing. And, you know, def, definitely you don't want another like slap in the face by COVID or something like that or, you know, things happen. You want to make sure you're always pivoting. You always want to make sure that you're always being, you know, uh, optimizing the front end and being proactive. And, and again, I appreciate just your time that you've been able to give to us, man. I appreciate that. Um, is there any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience before we let you go? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, for all the business leaders and brand managers that are out there, uh, you know, brand building is a fun but tough exercise. Don't get disheartened uh, if you do. If you uh, try a tactic or a medium or agency or uh, a staff member that didn't get the results, Nike wasn't built uh, to become the empire that it is in a day. You know, Elon Musk didn't become famous uh, yesterday. Brand building is tough. It's like raising a baby. It takes time. Um, enjoy the journey and learn from it um, and uh, just enjoy the ride. That is awesome. Love that. Usman, that is Usman, uh, the owner and founder of WebWorks Labs Incorporated. And that is Journey with Christian D. Evans. Until next time, be in the comment if you can. Yo, this is Christian D. Evans, Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. We thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you feel and you know that this was valuable to you, please show some love to our amazing guest by liking this, by commenting on this, by making sure that you do a nice five-star review and just show some love to our guest. That'd be really awesome. Also, make sure you share this with a friend, a family, a colleague, someone that you believe would bring value to their life right now. Uh, and guys, we just want to say thank you again for just being part of our community. If you want to have more resources, don't be afraid. Go to christiandevans.com. You can actually schedule a phone call with me or you can send me an email at christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. That's christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. Always love to hear some feedback and let me know what is the number one or two things that you are struggling in your business and your life and we'll make sure we have those conversations. Guys, that is Journey with Christian Davis podcast. And until next time, remember, be uncommon if you can. Cheers.